0: In the beginning, light stretched over the void and God said, it is good. But over time, it grew broken and dark, disheartened and defiant. And after years of God calling his people back to himself, God was silent for 400 years but while we were waiting in the dark heaven was preparing a king a prince of peace who would offer us a life out of darkness and into light out of despair and into hope out of fear and into peace out of sorrow and into joy out of indifference and into love light had come calling us out of the darkness and in that moment forever everything changed the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome
1: This weekend, we've lit the candle of joy, and as our joy spills over into the lives of the people around us, that that results in them having and experiencing hope. And so we want to take a moment at the beginning of this service to encourage you as we head towards Christmas, um, particularly next weekend, which is Christmas Eve, I to encourage you to invite a friend, family member neighbor to come to Christmas Eve services with you. And if you're wondering, like, how would that invitation look, we just kind of prepared a little, this could be a text message that you would send to a friend. And if you need to take a picture of that, just to kind of give you an idea, something to work with, as we as a church lean into being a welcoming church and inviting people to participate with us, this would be a great opportunity to invite somebody to come to Christmas Eve with you. And so we'd love it if you would do that, bring a friend or neighbor where they could find hope. So we're gonna talk about joy this weekend, and I'm really excited for this conversation. As I prep for our time together, joy is, a, joy is a tough word to define. And I've done a lot of work and researched, read a lot of definitions of joy, a lot of good definitions of joy, but they all seem to drift back to emotional words. And joy's, joy's not really an emotion, Joy is more of a perspective, and joy is not necessarily tied to your circumstances. It's actually connected to your perspective, and what that means then is that joy is connected to your faith, and so in reading definitions of joy and seeing most of them drift back to emotional kind of words, I decided to take a stab, not at defining joy, but describing it. So if we could just kind of start here with this description of joy, like it or don't like it, take it or leave it, whatever, this is where I'm starting, so all right, so starting this, this description of joy, joy is a satisfying blend of love, gratitude, and hope, and it has undertones of gladness and peace. So it's this satisfying blend of love, gratitude, and hope with undertones of gladness and peace. And so I was thinking about like an illustration of this. So I had something happen in my life December 1st that I think illustrates the difference, like joy in all this. So so December 1st, I got to go, if you don't know this about me, I am a huge college basketball fan. I love college basketball. This is is the most wonderful time of year, not because it's Christmas, because it's college basketball season. It gets better in March, right, so as we head into April. So I'm a huge college basketball fan, and my favorite team is the Kansas Jayhawks. My dad played football at Kansas. I was raised a Jayhawk. I went to the University of Central Oklahoma, so there was no challenge to my sports allegiances in all of that, so I've been a Jayhawk fan my entire life. So on Friday, December 1st, I got to go with my two sons who are 32 and 29 years old. One of them lives in Texas, one of them lives in Oklahoma, we live here in Minnesota, and we met in Lawrence, Kansas to go watch live at Fog Allen Fieldhouse, which is the loudest indoor arena in the world, world record setting, and it is a basketball destination. So if you're a college basketball fan, like this is, this is Mecca, it is a bucket list place, to watch a game. And on Friday, December 1st, the Jayhawks were playing Yukon Huskies, two top five teams meeting in a pre like an early season battle. ESPN's there, the news is there, like the place there are so many people, 16,300 people that we're all lined up outside to get in. The people around us are talking about, like, there were people who were from Atlanta, there were people who'd come from Connecticut, like there were people from all over the country who had come for this game. There were other people my age who were like, yeah, this is my first game, this has been a bucket list for me for my entire, so like, I get to go to this game. It was an awesome basketball game. Like the, the, the atmosphere was amazing, the place was electric, I mean like the student section was nuts, it was so noisy, you could like, it, you could just feel it. And then the game start, and the game is incredible. If you like watching basketball, this was an incredible basketball game to watch. And so we're having a blast, we have good seats, we're sitting, we're slapping high five the people who are around us, we don't even know them. Right? Just like enjoying the game and having so much fun, can't hear, can't talk, but like just slapping high five with everybody around us. And then my team won. Right? So, so all the fun in the world, my team won, so super happy. Like super happy, my boys and I, just what a great experience And 16,000 people because about 300 I have more for con- con- Connecticut. So about 16,000 Kansas fans are leaving that arena like just on top of the world. That's happy, right? That's happy. That's not, that's not joy. The joy for me in this, the joy for me in this is my two sons who are grown, 32 and 29 years old, planned a trip together and they love each other, and they want to be together, and they wanted to do something fun together, and they invited me, right, like, I'm their dad, and they brought their dad on a trip with them, and we had this experience together, win or lose, like, this was one of the the best nights of my life because of the deep stuff in that, and and I think that deep stuff is, is where the joy is, that satisfying blend of love that we have for each other and getting to do something, gratitude that they wanna be around each other and they want me with them and the hope for not just today, but that we have, like my sons love Jesus, they love each other, they love us, like the hope that we have for our family and as we move forward together and, and just the gladness and the peace that I experienced and all that, I think, I think that's what joy was. I think that's what joy is, and so I was coming off of that awesome experience, the happy and the joy with my sons, as I was prepping for our time together this weekend, and so I ran across this thing that Jesus said. It's recorded for us in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, and Jesus made this statement, he says, so I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Right, so, in just a minute, I, we're going to get to what Jesus said, right? I told you this so that your joy, I'll, I'll tell you what the this is in a minute, but I think we ought to just stop and realize a couple of things that Jesus is saying here in this. The first thing that he tells us in this, or that we should take an implication of this, is the joy that you and I have. Right? The joy that you and I have that we described with, with that satisfying blend and the undertones of glad, like that kind of joy that you and I have, like there's more for us than that. And, and, and you and I need to like, there's Jesus looks at people and says, Hey, I know you have joy, right? I know there's joy in your life and there's more available to you than just what you have. Like Jesus isn't making this statement. I'm giving you this joy because the joy that you have, Like he's not belittling our joy. He's not, he's not telling us how small it is. He's, He's not against the joy that we have in our lives. He says, hey, I understand, I know, I know that you have joy in your life, but but that joy is not complete. I have more for you than that. And I think we ought to just kind of hold on to that idea. I, I actually think it's good news. I think it's good news because, because you know, you've you've experienced joy in your life. I've experienced joy in my life, and at the bottom of that, there's still there's still that, is, is this it? Like this is, like, I'm so thankful for this, but is, is this it? And Jesus says, no, that's not it. There's more than that for you. And so this joy that we have in our lives, it's incomplete, there's more for us. And then the second thing I think that we need to take away from this little sentence that Jesus gives here is that Jesus's joy is transferable. He will take his joy and give it to you. He'll take his joy and give it to me. Now, you've, you've got people in your life who... Like their joy is contagious. This is different than contagious joy. We all have people around us that like when, when we get around them, they're, they're bubbly and they have, they have joy in their life. And so the joy in their life kind of raises the joy level in our life. That's, that's contagious joy where the joy in them kind of helps stir up the joy in us. Jesus says, I have joy that's different than the joy that you have. And I will, I will give you my joy. And again, this is, I think this is good news because our joy is incomplete. And Jesus is not not just saying, hey, like if, if we could just if we could just stir up that incomplete joy, he says, hey, I like I've got what's lacking in your joy. As good as it is, or as lacking, as lagging as it is in your life, I've got what it takes to complete your joy so that you could experience joy to the complete joy to the fullest extent. You could, have, you could have joy that's overflowing. And so Jesus offers us, he offers us this different kind of joy that comes from him. And so, so if you're hearing this and, and you're coming off of an experience like I had in you know, on December 1st at that basketball game, we're probably listening to this and saying, I don't know how lacking my joy is Right, if, 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 it's, if it's all kind of coming together and it's come together in a good way, I don't know how lacking my joy is, but there are different experiences in our lives. And I had one of those earlier this year. It's a different experience. For me, back in March, my cousin, who's four years younger than me, died unexpectedly. And, and so my aunt and uncle, who were both still living, my aunt and uncle asked me to come to officiate his funeral. And so Marie and I went, and... The rest of the family came from all over the country. There were, there were family friends who showed up at this funeral. There were, there were people from all over town. My, my cousin was a great guy, had healthy relationships. And so we gathered from all over to, to celebrate his life, to mourn his death, to be together to support my aunt and uncle and their kiddos, my cousin's siblings. We came together and, and there were people from all walks of life, people from all different persuasions, of religions, different views of who God is, different views of how we reach, we're all together. And there was a lot of grief in that, but there's also joy when you get together. But, but the joy that comes from these different experiences, like when we get to the bottom of that, we're sure, like there's, okay, there's joy here in this, but there's definitely something missing. And, and so, so Jesus looks at people like you and me, and he says, hey, I'm telling you something, I'm telling you something, and I'm telling it to you so that my joy could be in you and your joy could now be complete. And so, again, we have this, this great news that this complete joy that Jesus is talking about, I think that's the joy that we're looking for. You know, when it when it comes right down to it in those moments of life and it's quiet and, and things are, Like you're experiencing good stuff, and you have joy, but it's not all the way. The joy we're looking for is is the joy that Jesus gives us. And so I wanna shift our little description here. I've just added a couple words to it. So this joy that Jesus is offering, it is a completely satisfying blend. Not just satisfying like what you and I have as joy, but a, a completely satisfying blend of infinite love, gratitude, and hope, because Jesus is God, he's the Son of God, and he's God the Son, and, and he is infinite. And so when he gives his joy to us, it's, he gives infinite love, gratitude, and hope in these undertones, it's not just human glad, it's divine gladness and peace. It's, so this is, this is what Jesus offers. To people like you and me, he, he tells us, he says, hey, you gotta know this. Your joy, whatever you have, the amount of joy that you have in your life, it's incomplete. And if, if you wanna experience complete joy, it's gonna come from me. I'm gonna give you my joy. And when I give you my joy, your joy will be complete. And so, so you and I have this joy, this divine joy, completely satisfying joy, infinite joy available to us, and Jesus said, hey, I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna tell you this. The reason I'm gonna tell you this is because I want you to have this complete, total, completely satisfying, infinite, I want you to have this joy. So the next question for us then is like, okay, so what is it that he said? <laughs> like, what, what did he say so that people like you and me could experience his kind of joy? So let's just back up. We're in John chapter 15. Starting in verse nine, Jesus says this. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now, remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I've kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So what Jesus says, summary, bottom line of what Jesus says to people like you and me, need to know so that his joy can be in us and our joy can be complete is remain in my love, right? Remain in my love by keeping my commands. So I think there's a few things to notice in this. So let's just start with Jesus says, as the Father loves me, that's how I love you. So you gotta know, like let's just, you gotta know that that you are loved by God. Jesus loves you. We sing it as a song when we're little kids. If you grew up in church, you sang it as a song as a little kid and sometimes stuff happens to us along the way or we just kind of drift out of all that and we forget or we start wondering about that. But the truth of the matter is you are deeply and dearly loved. And to know that as the Father loved Jesus, Jesus loves you. And, and then he says, so I, I love you, remain in my love. So he loves you and and you get the choice. You get the choice of whether you're going to live in his love, whether you're gonna live from his love, or whether you're gonna wander away from his love and live outside of it. You see, you and I, that's a choice that we get to make. He loves us and says, hey, stay here. (laughs) Stay in my love. My love is where this joy is, so stay in my love. And then you get to choose whether you wanna live in it, or whether you wanna live from it, or whether you wanna walk away and live out on your own. And honestly, honestly, our natural bent is to walk away. Our natural bent is to walk away from Jesus' love for us. Our natural bent is to live outside of his love for us. Everything in our culture encourages us to walk away from that, so it's not an easy decision to make, that hey, I'm gonna stay in his love, I'm gonna remain in his love. But that's where it's good. And that's where it's good, to remain in his love, to abide in his love, and so we get to choose whether we live in his love, and we have to know that living in his love, remaining in his love, staying in his love, is directly connected to keeping his commandments. So it's directly connected, Jesus says that. If you're gonna, if you're gonna live in my love, if you're gonna, if you're gonna stay where it's good, then, then you're gonna live out what I've said to you. Like, you're gonna keep my commandments. And so the question that pops to my mind immediately in that is what are his commands. And and the baggage that I bring to that question is I grew up in churches that had so many rules. Rules upon rules upon rules about where we could go and where we couldn't go and what kind of music we could listen to and couldn't listen to and about like use like how long our hair could be and what kind of like we had rules upon rules upon rules and so the question that runs through my mind in that is like okay so I had all these these religious leaders these spiritual leaders and churches I grew up in, we had rules and rules and rules. Are those Jesus's commands? Like the whole long list of all the things. Most stuff I couldn't do, a few things I had to do, is, is that Jesus' command or is there, is there something else to this? And so I've, I've had to process through that for my entire adult life and get to continue to process through that and I'm kinda landing in a spot that I don't think those were Jesus's commands. I think a lot of those things were stuff that well-meaning people thought my life would be better if I would follow those rules and if I would live that way, but I don't think I don't think that was Jesus' commands. I think, I think you'll let me kind of oversimplify some things a little bit. I think Jesus really has He has three commands for people like you and me to follow. First one, he says, follow me. <laughs> Believe in me. Hey, walk with me. See me for who I am and trust that and and follow after me, like let me be your teacher, you be a learner, let me be your example, your pattern, you be somebody who follows after me, the way I live my life, like you live your life that way too and what I say to you, like tell you who I am, tell you who God is, what he's like, how you live in relationship with like, you believe that. And so I think that's the first and probably the greatest of those ideas of what Jesus holds out is to follow him and to believe in him, to trust him, to say yes to who he is, right? So, so Jesus says, follow me, that's, that's a big one. He also looked at his followers and he said, he said, the way I've loved you, you love each other. And, and he, he said, he says, this is a new commandment I'm given to you. The way I've loved you, you love each other. And, and so there was emphasis on that for people who are following him, for who are believing in him of how we relate to one another, how we care for one another, how we love one another. Like that's, he said that, and I I think a lot of the other things that maybe you'll read in the Bible or that you'll hear that are right, they they fall under that about how we relate to each other. And then this third thing that Jesus said and held out as, as a command for us it was right at the end of his life, right? Well, right before he was going back to heaven, he looked at his followers and he said, hey, make disciples, right? You go and make disciples. Introduce people to me, is what he said. Introduce people to me and follow me with them. Like, y'all do this together. And, and so, so you and I have, like Jesus looks at us and says, if you wanna stay in my love, and if you, if you want my kind of joy to complete the joy that you have in your life, you could, follow my commands, and like, believe in me, follow me, love each other really well, love each other sacrificially, and introduce people to me. Like, have a love for the people who are in your circles of influence, who live in darkness, and they could live in light, who don't have life, and you could introduce them to the life giver, like, introduce people to me and include them in, and let's follow Jesus together. So he looks at us and he says, these are my three commands, and this is the kind of life that, that leads to joy. If this is the kind of life that leads to joy. And again, that doesn't mean that it's an easy thing because we're bent to go the other way. We're bent to live outside of God's love. We're bent to live on our own. We're, we're bent towards following ourselves. We're, we're bent towards loving ourselves. We're bent towards just making sure taking care of me and mine. We're not bent to, to being sacrificial in the way we live. But Jesus looks at people and he says, it's not easy, but if you wanna live in my love, where joy is complete, like this is the good place. This is the place of blessing, of God's blessing in our lives. And so he looks at us and says, hey, if you wanna live in my love, then, then follow my commands. I love you, stay in my love, do what I say. This is, this is where blessing is. And so, so you and I have this opportunity to live in Jesus's love and receive his joy added to our joy so that our joy is complete. Now when Jesus is teaching this, and who knows if he had any particular life circumstances in mind when he's, when he's thinking about this? Who knows if he's, if he's thinking back to his childhood experiences or something he's experienced with his first followers or if there's something that's coming for like, who knows what the real life circumstances are in his life when he's teaching this principle about remain in my love? And you'll experience complete joy. But if somebody had just kind of, when he said this, if somebody had raised their hand and said, hey, Jesus, this is awesome, I can't really picture it. Would you, would you give us an illustration of what this looks like? If somebody had done that, Jesus could have given them an illustration. It would have been a story he would have heard from his mom, Mary. And this is part of the Christmas story. And, and this little story that Jesus grew up knowing would, is a beautiful example of what it looks like to remain in God's love by doing what he says and receiving complete joy. So this little story is recorded for us, again, it's part of the Christmas story, it's recorded for us in the Gospel of Luke, chapter one, I'm gonna read just a few verses from Luke, starting in verse 26. If you're familiar with the Christmas story from the Bible, like, you're gonna, this is all familiar to you, but think about this, as we read it in terms of living in God's love, saying yes to what he has and experiencing receiving complete joy, all right? So God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words, wondered what kind of greeting this might be, but the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You'll conceive and give birth to a son, and you're to call him Jesus. And the conversation between Mary and the angel continues because Mary's trying to figure out how this gonna happen. She's virgin, she's not engaged with, like she's engaged to but not engaged with a guy, and so the angel gives Mary the answer, tells her how it's all gonna happen, and then here's Mary's response. This is Luke chapter one, verse 38. I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. So, so you, are, you are loved by God. And you are loved by God. Jesus says, as the Father loves me, I love you. You're loved by God. The angel walks onto the scene, and one of the first things he says to her, is, hey, you are highly favored. God, God sees you. He sees you and he loves you. You are, like you are blessed. You're greatly blessed. And I have this thing for you. God has this call on her life. You're being called into being the mother of the Messiah with all the joys of that and with all the struggles and the suffering that's gonna come alongside in all of that. Mary, you're being called into this unique role that God has for you. Greetings, you are highly favored. Here's a call that God is placing on your life. And Mary says, yes. Mary said, yes. We, like, there's, there's, there's no, there doesn't seem to be any, like, running through her mind of maybe I'm gonna say no to this, maybe I'm gonna opt out, maybe this is for somebody else. Like she, she ends this little interaction with the angel just saying, hey, may everything that the Lord has for me, like could, could that, like that would all come to being, I'm, I'm a yes to this, I'm a yes for that. And, and then she, she says, like there's this, I love, God loves you, you're highly favored, you are blessed, here's this call, yes, she says into that, and then if you're reading through Luke's Gospel, very next thing that happens for Mary is she has this interaction with her cousin Elizabeth and here's how the interaction goes. Mary speaks to her and says, my soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. What we read in these were like I wish we had this on video. I would have loved to seen her face and how it is just light and alive and, and the joy that it just is exuding from her as she honors God for, for what he's doing for her, what he's doing in her life. Like she's, she's getting ready to step into and she's stepping into something that's incredibly difficult. And she's experiencing complete joy because because she is living in God's love and she's living out the call that he's placed on her life. She's a yes person and because she's a yes person, she gets to live from joy and as as we read these words, she's interacting like this is the next human interaction she has in Luke's gospel. What we see here, no regrets, no questions, no, no second guessing, no wondering what it's gonna be like, it's just complete and total my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Because I'm living in His blessing on my life, and I am living from His love, and I am getting to experience not just the joy that I would have in years ahead as I became a wife, and my, I'm getting to live in a complete joy where God's joy enters into my life, and my joy is complete, and so It's so this beautiful thing, and I would submit to you, I would submit to you that the joy that's behind these words that Mary speaks, this is like, it's called Mary's Magnificat. These, this joy behind these words that Mary speaks is the joy that you and I want in our lives. This, this is the kind of joy that we want. It's, it's joy independent of the circumstances. It's joy independent of what somebody else thinks or says about it it's it's joy in the face of something that's really difficult this is this is joy in her life this is this is complete satisfaction it's that that blend of infinite love and it has hope and gladness connect like this is this is the stuff like this is the stuff and and if you want to experience joy like this in your life, I think there's a path to that and just to wrap up our time together today. Let me give you three things that will lead you into this complete joy so that, so that you can experience it too. It's not limited to the pages of the Bible. It's not limited to people whose lives are going just right. It's, it's for you. It's for me. It's for all of us. And so here's this, this little path that will lead you into this complete joy. The first is being willing to say yes to Jesus' love. He, he declares his love for you. It's so the Father loved me, I love you. And what you do with that declaration, again, that's, that's up to you. You may, you may hear that declaration and say, um, yeah, have you looked at what's going on in my life? I'm not so sure you love me. If you were God and you loved me, there'd be a whole, my circumstances would be entirely different, not necessarily. Because God never says like the qualification of his love or the way that you could know he loves you is that your life is turning out like you had hoped. But we, what we hear from God is the greatest demonstration of his love is actually Jesus that Jesus, like God sent his son to come to earth, not just to live on the earth, but to die on a cross. And he died not for his sins, he died for my sins and for your sins. But if you wanna know whether God loves you, like if you're processing that because your life is hard right now, your life being hard is not the test for whether or not God loves you. He has declared his love for you and he has demonstrated his love for you by sending his son Jesus to come and die on a cross to pay for your sins. If you're wondering whether Jesus loves you, it's not because he's like, he didn't have to wave a hand or a blessing or whatever over your and my life circumstances so that it's all going good. He willingly left heaven and, and put all of that as God the Son, the Son of God, like put all that aside and came and lived as one of us. He he walked around in the dirt just like you and I walk around the dirt and and he ended up dying on a cross. That's love because he died in your place. That's the sacrifice. And, and so to say yes to his love that results in you and I being forgiven of our sins. And like we say yes to his love, and we we get forgiveness in our lives, and we get our relationship with God, which we broke, we get that restored. I guess it's an amazing thing. Jesus says, as the Father loves me, I've loved you, and what you do with that is really important. It's important in this life, and it's important for the life to come. If you say yes to that love, like you receive forgiveness. If you say thanks, buddy, and keep walking on, like you miss out. You miss out on life with God here and life with God for eternity, and so how you respond to his love. So if you're gonna enjoy the joy that God gives to you, the first thing is to say yes to his love by saying yes to Jesus. You say yes to his love, which is demonstrated for you when Jesus died on the cross. And then the next thing is to say yes to his call. Yes to his call. He has a plan for your life. Like he has a call that he's placing on your life. And, and you may wonder what it is. Like okay, so you, you talk about this call that God has for me. I don't really, I haven't heard a call and I don't really know what it is. Can I tell you something like what's super exciting? Is to say yes before you know what the call is. For some of you, like you've got a five-year plan for your life and it has to all fit in your spreadsheet, this is going to blow your mind, <laughs> right? Wait a minute, where does this fit in the five-year plan? I don't know. It doesn't fit in your five-year plan, but the God of heaven and earth, like the Creator God, He has, He has a call on your life. He has. A plan for you to be part of something that He's doing in our world, in the lives of people who are part of your circle today, and in the lives of people you haven't even met yet. He's got a plan for you, and and to say yes to that plan, just like some of you now. Some of you may know what God's call on your life is, and and you're kind of you're kind of wrestling through because. That plan doesn't sound an awful lot like the plan that you've got for yourself. And the outcome of that may not sound an awful lot like the outcome that you were planning for yourself, but some of you don't know, but regardless. Like that yes, that yes to God's call on your life, like that's 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 on the path. You're on the path to this, this perfect peace. And then, and then this third thing, a yes to your next step. Cause cause there is, there's there's the big plan that God only knows. I mean, people, who, people who have a sense of what God's call in their life is, we, like, you don't know what, where it's gonna, it still all just lays out next steps. And so to say yes to the next step, and maybe for you the next step is that first one, just to say yes to Jesus' love. Or, or maybe, maybe you're a person who needs to say, to say yes to that love each other Right, that you've just kind of been doing in your own life—you've been watching out for you and for yours, and, and like I hope good things for other people. But I'm not—I'm not loving anybody the way Jesus loves me, and like that's one of the, that's one of the commands that Jesus said: if you're going to experience, if you're going to stay in my love, love each other, love each other really well, love each other the way I loved you. And so maybe for you, like there's, you need to love other people the way that Jesus loved you, with some sacrifice. In your life. So maybe that's the next step for you, and and maybe that, that last one that that make disciples, introduce people to me. Maybe you've got people in your circle of influence who, who don't know Jesus, who've never met him, who, who maybe have, I mean, maybe they're religious, maybe they've been to church, but they don't know Jesus. and They haven't met him and they haven't received the kind of life that he's offering. And he looks at people like you and me and says, hey, I've given you life. You extend that life to the people who are in your circle. And so maybe that's the next step for you, whatever your next step is. I don't know what your next step is, but God has one for you, and if you'll ask him about it, and if you'll stop and listen, like he will, he will tell you what it is, and if you'll be a yes person, if you'll say yes to this love that Jesus has for you, and if you'll say yes to this call that he's placed on your life, and if you'll say yes to those next steps, one of the things that you get from all that is you get his joy being given to you so that your joy, regardless of what going, is going on around you, so that your joy is made complete. so if you want to experience if you want to experience complete joy in your life, that comes from a yes to Jesus and to his love and to his call on your life and so, so to help us experience that I 'd like to pray for us. Would you guys mind please bow your head and close your eyes with me? So Jesus, thank you first of all for your love for us. we have We've got to stop and hear that. And I'm praying for myself and I'm praying for my friends here in this room that we would, we would know your love. If we've walked away from that or if stuff has happened that causes us to doubt that, would you say it again for us so that, so that we could know your love? And, and would you convince us that remaining in your love is look, it's the way we wanna go? Help us see that, call us into that. And thank you for this beautiful gift of joy that's ours as we, as we remain in your love. And so Jesus, because you have loved us, we get to say this, we get to say that we love you too. And we are praying these things in your name, amen.